BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sierra Unfiltered. We have our first guest. And it's an iconic guest. We have Patrick Starr here. Hi. What the heck? Oh how are gosh. we here? I, you tell me. You, y'all tell me how we're here. This there is- was a little video uh, scattered on the internet of you two, and I did a live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regarding we- BC. <laughs> Not before Christ, but I mean Beautycon. And um, yeah, I, I was I was really passionate, and I felt for you yeah. and what you guys went through. And I did a live, a, a little live on my Instagram, and we had Facetimes right after. Yeah, which was crazy. I think because our mutual fans were like, "Oh my God, Patrick, was yeah. that was that the case?" Oh yeah. Well, I actually noticed before you went on live because you Amazing. tweeted out um, my and Skylar's Instagram yes. profiles, yes. and my DMs were like, "Girl," because oh, I was like, "Yeah, follow these two queens, support yeah. them." Okay. Oh my God. And I was freaking out, and I was like, all of my DMs were like, girl, like, DM Patrick Starr. Like, he is talking about you. Mm -hmm. And then you went on live, like, a few hours later, Mm -hmm. and then we set this up, and... But it was so funny that your videos were already populating on my page. Oh, really? Because you were doing these outfit trends, your Disney video, you're recreating My Life is Ava, and then... It was I was already watching you that week, Aww. and That's it just so it crazy. just so happened to to you guys we had met. So yeah, and so it's fun. so awesome. I mean, and what I feel like this is like the perfect example of like turning lemons into lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> like, not necessarily the best situation mm-hmm. to like have met under, but I feel like it's kind of a bonding thing mm-hmm. of like us all wanting to be more inclusive mm-hmm. and us all wanting to like promote like a positive environment and like work towards better solutions. Because I think it came out of us all wanting better. Right. Right. You know? Right. Well, and what I just thought was the coolest thing was that, like, there are so many people who reach the level of success that you have and then kind of forget why they started, right? And why they wanted to spread that message and why they wanted to be more inclusive. So to have someone like you who's reached that level of success then, Mm -hmm. like, reach down to the little guy and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, like, I care. Like, I care about inclusivity i care about equal treatment and i care about like my story Mm -hmm. that was like a really it was a really cool thing to see and kind of i think beautycon left me feeling a little bit crushed about the community Mm -hmm. and then i think having you reach out was me being like oh wait that is such a small segment of the beauty community there are so many amazing voices and experiences in the beauty community 
And so it was just really cool to Thank see you. you stand up for me like that. Thanks. Well, and I think it's cool too because even when we were there, like even like the red carpet experience was something that like Sierra had a really hard time with. And so I think it's hard because you see like all these like amazing people walking the red carpet and having this great experience. Mm-hmm. And you just automatically assume like, people are getting meet and greets people are getting this amazing treatment and they don't they aren't aware that this injustice is happening mm-hmm. so it's really cool to find out that like you're aware and yeah. people are aware and that people are like willing to stick up for other people mm-hmm. like i think that's such a big thing is right yeah i i just feel so i i felt so bad to begin with but even before so i think this maternal instinct side of me has kicked in just this year because you know being on social media it's about you it's about your channel it's about your instagram your snapchat your business your brand like who are you you're shaping your identity but then i think as i've matured in this industry over the years that i've been on youtube and being specifically somebody in the industry to beauty where we are connecting with our fans and we and us as beauty influencers or gurus have this direct following or direct a consumer of mm-hmm. beauty, we have to gain their trust. And so uh, a consumer of beauty or an attendee of BeautyCon is no mm-hmm. different. And so if okay. I'm here with my platform and my visibility promoting something, it still ends up on me. It's yeah. not on BeautyCon. It's not on the founder or the staff. It's on me because I've been a part of that. I'm in the real. Yeah. I'm in, I'm on, I'm on the feed. Yeah. So, and for me to have gone for so many years, you know, I just want to make sure that everything is, is done right and with my name attached. Yeah. But also, furthermore, having also been um, a newer manager to younger influencers, I feel for these people. Yeah. First of all, I've been through what they've been through mm-hmm. in growing. I, I've done pretty much every sort of campaign large and small internationally to a little post to a little mention and conventions and attending and also having been a sponsor to go to these events too so with that being said I don't want to look like I've lost myself because I think you know you kind of have to play the game to change the game yeah and to make the game and that's where I feel like I'm at now is that with my voice and with my um, humility and, and connection with my community, like even like this, I'm able to kind of bring awareness and visibility to those that don't have the power or the voice to do so. That's why yeah. I, I thought even my Instagram live was so important. Yeah. Um, because I felt even if I had met, you know, the, the staff or the founder yeah. of BeautyCon or whatever, it, it wouldn't have made much of an impact than just saying it on my own on my terms. Yeah. I feel like two things you said were very important. I feel like, first of all, recognizing that we're talking about the beauty industry. And I think with that comes so many stigmas of, like, what beauty is. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a convention for beauty, you know? And beauty can mean so many different things to different people. But I think at the end of the day, at least my opinion, is, like, beauty is making yourself feel the most confident Mm -hmm. and, like, expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. And beauty isn't, like, conforming to one ideal of beauty. And I think that's, like, a very 2019 (laughs) idea. And so it's hard sometimes to see people just promoting one thing of, like, this is what beauty is. This is what a body looks like. This is how you paint your face. And so I think, like, what you're trying to do and what so many other wonderful creators are trying to do in what BeautyCon should be trying to celebrate is our differences Mm -hmm. and how everyone chooses to express themselves. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that was my favorite part of the whole day was seeing people coming out in these, like, crazy, amazing, beautiful outfits or having, like, 
insane rainbow eye looks or you know right. things that are just true to themselves and so i feel like by lifting up smaller creators or lifting up more diverse creators or people who aren't just this like traditional idea of what beauty is i feel like you're helping promote right. what we want beauty to be and, yeah. and i won't disregard their message because that that's what that's what they have done exactly oh, yeah. but the the issue to highlight is that they did not logistically yeah. <laughs> handle the, right. the way things went exactly and i think, and I think it's it's, it's bigger than one event. It's bigger than, like, one experience. Like, it really is an issue in the wider community as a whole. And not even just the beauty community, but, like, the freaking world. Like, yeah. Well, or even the YouTube community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, traditional media. Right. Yeah. Right. So, what were your experiences like? Go- you know what? Actually, before we get into, like, mm-hmm. the meat of the episode, mm-hmm. let's do our hot takes. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is, like... I think there's so much to go into, but before we do that, we got to give our hot takes. So, Skylar, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, I always feel nervous going first, but I'll go first. <laughs> so, I think my hot take this week is, and I don't know if either of you agree, if you disagree, I feel like shapewear is like a personal choice. I think that a lot of times shapewear is viewed as like an a not body positive thing because you're trying to like shrink yourself you're trying to do this that and the other but I think a lot of times shapewear can just be like to avoid chub rub (laughs) like to make sure you don't see like your belly button through a dress or like I think that people shouldn't feel pressured to wear shapewear but I also don't think that it should be like a stigmatized thing of like Kim Kardashian just came out with her recent launch and it's like very inclusive very wonderful like I think that Shapewear doesn't just have to automatically be like waist trainers. I think it can be like whatever you're comfortable with. And it doesn't have to be an emphasis on like shrinking your body. It can be just an emphasis on like feeling the most comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I fully agree with that. And I think something I've struggled with for a while is like, it feels like it has to be one or the other. Either I like take a strong stance against like shapewear and be Mm -hmm. like, no, like I don't wear Spanx, but like, the reality is sometimes it, I want to wear Spanx. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes yeah. if I'm wearing a, a tight fitting skirt or just want, like you said, don't want my thighs rubbing together, it's just easier to wear shapewear. Yeah. But then on the other side, I have seen comments on my channel and on my Instagram that are like, oh, you really should have worn Spanx with this outfit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but why? Like why? What's the problem with like my stomach not being compressed? What's the problem with like me not having an hourglass shape? Like there's no problem with that either way. Yeah. I just feel like it's one of those things that's like, you know what? It's not hurting anyone else. To each their own. To each their own. I'm the same exact way. If you're not hurting anyone else, just keep it to yourself. You know, if there (laughs) is obviously like ethics and morals and someone is causing harm to somebody else, then just shut the hell up. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, if you're buying them from like unethical companies or anything, that's a whole totally different thing. But I feel like it's the same with like cosmetic surgery. It's the same with anything Mm -hmm. of like, if you want to dye your hair, if you want to like wear makeup, like if... If it makes you feel comfortable and confident, I don't think anyone should have 
kind of a say in what other people right. do. Like, right. Th- this is not my hair. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. guys know. This is a wig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully bald on this wig. But I chose to You're like, match I just... my girls today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's any different than no. what you eat, than what you wear. And I think it fits totally. a form of self-expression. If we're talking about shapewear, cosmetics is the same thing. Yeah. A haircut is the same thing. Yeah. We're not altering. We're just enhancing what we love at our discretion, you know, at, at, yeah. with, with our own personal choice. Right. Right. And our own will. And like, who am I to tell someone just because I don't like to wear shapewear, I wouldn't get a nose job. Who am I to tell someone else mm-hmm. that them doing that is wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. not. Yeah. But of course, when it comes down to something so extreme where it is damaging one's health, yeah. Yeah. let's say like an eating disorder oh, or mental health mm-hmm. or body dysmorphia or depression, and you yeah. feel like one, whether it's your friend or a family member that needs help, then I feel like then it's the right time to step in but totally. if they're if they're expressing themselves without any harm self-harm yeah. then i think it's it's just fine well especially i feel like shapewear sometimes gets lumped into like the whole waist trainer like weight loss shake fit tea mm-hmm. culture and i feel like sometimes it's just not that deep mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like sometimes yeah. it's like i it's, am it's, i'm gonna be working topical. like a like when we were at BeautyCon, it was like a 12 something hour day and i just didn't want my legs to rub together <laughs> and i didn't want to like worry about like putting deodorant right. or whatever yeah. you know yeah. but yeah. So that's my hot take patrick do you want to give your hot take i have two okay so I, well, I, Ooh, I, I, give them both give them both wait which one did you want did you want the first one or did you like the second i one? think do both i say do both i mean this okay. is a whole conversation yeah. so <laughs> well um for, okay so my first one was gender identity and yeah. just I guess learning about it because mm-hmm. me as a gay man like, like there's so much more um, identities than there was yeah. before pronouns that were before mm-hmm. so I think for for me to learn about them and just take the time to, to ask because I think um, especially with I guess specifically men like cis men that yeah. are heterosexual that are uncomfortable like mm-hmm. don't bully or don't you know if you were to explain Mm -hmm. you know to people then I really admire husbands or boyfriends that respect me like when I'm going on these brand trips because I think growing up this this stems from like a a, you know my my childhood but but because I've grown up with being bullied by straight men by athletes like in in middle school and high school like I've I've grouped that sort of um, male figure out of my comfort zone. And then when I've gone and grown into this beauty community and I'm on these brand trips, I'm so freaking scared to be talking to anybody's husband or boyfriend because they would probably think that I'm onto them or that I'm too gay or too flamboyant. But yet, if I were to flex about my business or talk about entrepreneurship then it or tech, then it kind of, I kind of gained some respect. But I saw your husband follows me. So I'm like, (laughs) wow, that's kind of cool that you or maybe had taken the time to explain to him who I was. Because obviously, I don't think someone like him, Stephen, right? Yes, Would know about someone like me off the fly without someone like you explaining. So it's just just kind of like enlightening but but for you to have explained the time uh, shows the amount of respect that I have for you but also for, for someone like him well thank you and also with Kyle yeah. so I, I think it's just really really cool so yeah. well I I think that kind of idea of like I because I do that same thing of like all these like straight kind of like manly men men won't understand 
this industry, won't understand mm-hmm. diverse identities, won't understand different viewpoints. Or, oh, sorry no, to interrupt ahead. you. I was going to say, even all the time, people will say, like, other people from a more traditional industry will be like, oh, your wife just sits and talks to a camera all day? Like, yeah. it, like what does she do for money? Like, that's so nice that you let her do that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, for both, I mean, for me, working for Sierra, I feel like it's even harder to explain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not only is, like, YouTube so hard to explain, but the fact that, like, mm-hmm. I work for a YouTuber. Yeah, the overall so, umbrella is that, like, you you only are comfortable with what you know. Yeah. And, w- with whatever yes. topic, you're only comfortable with what you know. And then when you're presented with something that you're uncomfortable not knowing... It's like school or like a puzzle or like a game. Yes. You like want to know and you want to crack the right, code. Totally. And people that are uncomfortable about it should just take the time to learn and ask questions. And with all the resources, free resources on the internet right mm-hmm. now, I feel like it's our responsibility as like global citizens to like educate ourselves about other identities, educate ourselves about other perspectives. Like, you know, when I was growing up in middle school and high school, there was only you know, he and her pronouns that people mm-hmm. used. I wasn't taught about that in school, but, but that's what we grew up right, knowing. Exactly. And you, but you can like and boys in trash yes. and dolls with girls. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So. Well, and I feel like what you just said is so true. Of I feel like people aren't codes to be cracked. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Yeah. I feel like it's so easy if you're like a grandparent or you're someone who's like so used to like. this is guys and this is girls and it's like an a box and a b box just to like kind of sort everyone in and associate like my husband hates sports my (laughs) husband only likes theater my husband has like no interest in anything that's like traditionally masculine Mm -hmm. like he's just kind of like has more feminine interests Mm -hmm. and so i feel like it's so easy to just be like oh but like he's a guy Mm -hmm. and he's like married to a woman and it's this that and the other and i feel like people aren't I feel like most people aren't just like A or B. I feel like there's mm-hmm. always, like, you need to take the time as a human <laughs> to mm-hmm. learn who people are yeah. and shouldn't just be, like, walking around trying to categorize people. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's similar to, to technology, too. Like, yeah. we have phones where you can, like, literally see someone on the other side. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. when that was like, yeah, that's fake. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, back in the 80s and 90s and yeah. even 2000s, and now we have the technology and capability to do so. But us as as people and humans have adapted mm-hmm. yeah. and been pro- progressive and yeah. that's life and i and think we need they to keep adapting keep and keep adapting when it comes to identities too so that's yeah. agree snaps, <laughs> snaps all around um what was your second hot take oh my it was so funny when i said these two words you both were like oh yes <laughs> you gotta had, do it. i had said beauty egos yes yeah i think um for me, it, it's it's hard to find humility when you're trying to grow your channel from the culture that I've come from when I started my in this industry or yeah. when I when it wasn't even an industry. It was just yeah. a hobby that turned into a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy because you want to stand out. You want to get your name out there. You want to be confident. You want to be like your own. But then sometimes a little bit of that humility and that... Um, groundedness yeah, like yeah. goes away because you're, you keep stomping mm-hmm. and marching to the beat of your own drum so yeah. loud you can't hear anybody else yeah. you know so I think we and I've I have to be careful that I don't fall into this too but it's like there's a difference between like confidence and standing your own mm-hmm. and like not being a nice person mm-hmm. like you can be both right um and I think that ego is where you switch over from being confident and sure of yourself to being like 
not a nice person. Right. And I think that's why it's, but it's hard because if you don't stand your own and you're not confident, you will get walked all over in this industry. Right. Right. And you have to walk that line of like, I know my value. I'm not going to let brands or, you know, companies take advantage of me, mm-hmm. but also like being humble still. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still trying to figure out that mm-hmm. balance where a lot of the comments on that BeautyCon vlog are like, you shouldn't have let people walk all over you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I didn't want to have that yeah. ego, but mm-hmm. then you kind of have to. And how do you balance that? I think for me, the the way that I, I look at all the qualities that, that make me who I am as an influencer. So I have my voice. I have my production quality, my, my production value. I have the, the topics of my content. I have my supporting um uh, ventures of credibility that can allow me to speak to being someone that is credible and authoritative in this industry. So it's like where, where, like, like I have all these muscles, right? Yeah. Of Patrick Star. Where can I flex and where can <laughs> I be a humble ass bitch? You know, where can I stay <laughs> in my lane? And so for me, if it's just me being silly or stupid and lip singing in a video or dancing, yeah. then it's fine. But I'm on the red carpet on one day, like in three red carpets in a day, yeah. or like, um, you know, on an interview, or even, I think also too, like in my stories, there's like a sense of humility when it comes to like on my stories, I'm taking off my wig, I'm shaving my head, we're, yeah. keep, we're at the club. And I think just also interacting with people, like like how is your energy? Right. So, but if you are trying to flex all your muscles, <laughs> if you're watching, you want to be an influencer and you're flexing here, you're flexing here, you look like a stiff ass bitch and you're just like, <laughs> You just look, you just look mm-hmm. so stiff and your aura is not, is not there. Yeah, right. Well, and especially I feel like nowadays the trend on YouTube is to be real and to be honest mm-hmm. and raw. And I feel like people are falling in love with the person behind the camera mm-hmm. and not always the content. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when I was on YouTube, like watching as a viewer back in the day, the beauty industry was like how to do the best brown smoky eye, <laughs> like how to contour, how to, cause we all were learning these basics cause we grew up using like drugstore makeup right. and it was like, we all learned together. But now that everyone has that skill set, I feel like it's about like showing your personality and being creative right. and and I feel like it, you don't have to be the most beautiful person to be a beauty influencer now or mm-hmm. traditionally beautiful person, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And I think back in the day, it was hard because it was kind of started by, oh, that girl's really pretty or that guy's really pretty and I want to look like them mm-hmm. and I want to do my contouring like them or, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like transitioning out of that and like becoming more real and showing your authentic self, whether that's on your stories or a vlog channel or even on your main <sighs> channel, I feel like is so crucial right. to succeeding in the industry now. And so I feel like people just need to like get on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I it's, love. It's hard. It's really hard. I, I you know? love that that's becoming what people want to see. Yeah. In that like, I mean, when I started YouTube, it. when did you start? 2013 2013 Mm -hmm. I started in 2015 Mm -hmm. so only a little bit after you Mm -hmm. and when I started it was like the era of like oversaturation sweeping shots room tour um, morning routine that kind of just like perfected crafted life Mm -hmm. and I kind of felt like that's what I had to do and that's what I had to fit into that was the starter pack yeah yeah yeah. totally well it was like very the tumblr era (laughs) of like 
I'm like, my life is Ava. I made that video. Literally, mm-hmm. my life is kind of like a parody of it all. Mm-hmm. Of that's what it was. Was right. like how to be the most aspirational <laughs> person you could be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's so cool that now it's turning around and it's like how to be real and how mm-hmm. like people want to relate to you and yeah. people want to like see your struggles because everyone has struggles. Mm-hmm. And- but also on the other side of things, it's like when you're when you're too like in the raw, yeah. do brands want to buy into that? Yeah, that's the other balance. That's the ticket. Like, is is you know because the brand is let's say they're it's a beauty brand and they're at a higher price point and they're it's a prestige brand wanting to partner with your channel. Right. This is influencer talk. You know, like are are you as brandable because you're so in the raw, like on the ground chewing the grass? You know, like hundred percent. And you have to balance like how much of your personal life do you want to share? Right. Because there's a difference between being open and being real and like given a little too much mm-hmm. yeah. like you know there's a difference between showing your boyfriend on like a vlog channel versus doing a boyfriend challenge or like a boyfriend <laughs> tag with mm-hmm. your boyfriend and neither of those are better or worse than the other but i feel like every little decision is a decision that you have to make yeah mm-hmm. so like how comfortable you are yeah and how much you want to share well mm-hmm. like for me if i'm having like I've, i may i've made a few videos where i'm like talking about how i had a bad day and how i like overcame that and you know got into a more body positive headspace and i think for me it's been like balancing being honest about where i'm at like in loving myself and like not filming myself like crying and having a breakdown Mm -hmm. like you maybe you maybe can just like talk about the experience and you don't have to show everything because i think that's when you cross into that territory of like maybe brands and even viewers are like a little bit put off right by showing too much right well and i think if you just show like when you're feeling those extreme emotions and there's no like aftershot (laughs) of like hey this is why it's a teachable moment i went through x y and z Mm -hmm. yes i showed you this clip of me crying Mm -hmm. but that's how i was feeling in the moment let's Mm -hmm. talk about it versus i think think that's so much more healthy because then i think there's so much responsibility for the viewer to have a say and that's when it gets out of control because then i think you as a viewer are seeking help and then you know it becomes this this incredible dialogue between you and you know who is the professional or who is dictating your mental health at that point but it it, it's it's all you know um subjective to to who, who it's for how has it been for you being like a mentor and a manager to mm-hmm. like younger creators? Do they ever come to you with those things of like, hey, is this okay to post? Yeah. <laughs> and how no, is it trying to course. balance like, you know, your brand and you know your limitations for what you want to put mm-hmm. on like the Patrick Star channel, mm-hmm. but for managing, I don't know how many people you manage mm-hmm. or mentor mm-hmm. of like 10 other people's mm-hmm. like, I know your personal brand and that's all right for you, but maybe mm-hmm. not for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I, I learned this from another executive at a prestige brand um just a few weeks ago i had attended an event and we were just talking she was out she's works on product development and you know obviously i'm an influencer and i say how do you choose your team and she's she told me you know when i'm choosing an executive level team i'm not just just looking at the iq i'm looking at the eq i'm looking at the emotional qualities Mm -hmm. that person has and so you i have to see yeah i mean obviously you have been friends for over 10 years so you guys have already this eq that you 
guys line up. Totally. And so for me and my Patrick Star team and for, for me and my clients and the people that I'm representing, I look at them, I check their aura, I check their energy, and really take a look in their eye and see if their EQ lines up with mine. Yeah. And it's, you know, and if, if it doesn't, I wouldn't have signed them in the first place. Yeah. So for me to, to check that, of course, that like uh, last week, one of my clients called me and was like, oh my God, my landlord wants to look at my place without my permission. And I'm like... Is this about a brand deal or is this just yeah. like, I'm like, okay, there's a lot going on. Let, let, let me just talk to you girls. So I just took the call, calmed them down. And we were just like, you know, it's, it's, it's personal. Big, I'm like a big sister, big brother to them. Yeah. So, and, and, and for me to, to navigate them in this industry, I, it makes me feel better because I never had someone like that. Yeah. But if I can be teachable in this industry or help them and guide them, I think as a whole, people will not just speak highly of me, but highly about the industry and yeah. where it's going because there are people like me um paving the way because i've done it all you know i I haven't done it all but i've done most from a business standpoint in beauty in the digital space yeah and i feel like that kind of transitions into your hot take Mm -hmm. oh yeah okay so my hot take is that youtube is not a competition and uh we do not need to be comparing ourselves or competing against each other because there is more than enough room for everyone online and you know i think there is especially this idea in people who make the same, like similar content where, you know, they feel maybe intimidated by like someone else coming into that space, doing similar content. Are they gonna steal my subscribers or steal my viewers? But the reality is the more viewers on the platform, the better. Mm -hmm. Like if, if another creator who's making similar content to me brings someone new on the site, that's great for me because then mm-hmm. they might watch my content. And, mm-hmm. you know, just because someone is a fan of mine and a fan of someone else's, it doesn't mean they're like stealing subscribers or stealing mm-hmm. viewers. Like people watch so many different things on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even just from like a practical influencer analytical standpoint, if I make a video, let's say I made a video about um, like wearing this out exact outfit that you're wearing and then you made a video in the same outfit and we use similar titles, our videos are gonna get recommended off of each other. It's probably gonna drive viewership for both of our videos. And so I just, I I don't really get the like competitive aspect of Mm -hmm. YouTube because I'm like, we're, we can all succeed. There's room for everyone. There's something like, I. I could I could almost disagree, but also agree at the same time because that's yeah. the aspirational part yeah. of I, I guess yeah. of what our ideal would be for what we want the industry to be. But I think as some viewers out there, were, when you were saying this, was like, hell no, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I think if if you were to do have done that concept of wearing the same thing and then you know whatever yeah. people would be comparing us and making it a competition between do us do you think so yeah, like the, the, the viewers make yeah, they make the competition they, they, yeah they yeah. control the narrative and be like oh she's stealing off him and That's she's not crediting so then it becomes again where do we pass the baton to, you know to to, yeah. to who's to control the narrative i agree with that i think as long as you're crediting the original See, person yeah. i think that's where it becomes because for me it's like yeah. so i have a really good friend on youtube named carrie dayton mm-hmm. and she and i make similar content and i think a lot of people would think that we would be competitive but in reality and i think this you hit the nail on the head it's about the subscribers our subscribers like love when we collaborate Mm -hmm. and they like if I do a video on something or Carrie does a video all the viewers will come to the other person's channel and be like hey I'd love to see your perspective on like this same thing that the other person did and I think the reason I have such a positive mindset about it is because 
our subscribers don't compare us. Mm -hmm. They like kind of collab me. They are kind of the reason that like we became friends, Mm -hmm. but I think it does get into that messy area when it's, I think especially because makeup is kind of a separate art form. Mm -hmm. I think it's different when you're talking about like recreating a makeup look. Like Mm -hmm. if you did like a beautiful, I don't know. I don't know. Like if you put like eyes right here and like, I know that's been done a million times, but then if you were the first person to ever do that and then the next day your direct competitor did the exact same thing and didn't mention you and just saw that that was like going off, I feel like that's not okay. I feel like it gets a little looser when it's like, overarching trends of like Mm. everyone was doing the like i ordered what the person in front of me Mm. ordered challenge so we did like i bought the same clothes as the person in front of me Mm. so it's still like working on the trend Mm -hmm. going with what people want to see but it's a new perspective Mm -hmm. and also it's giving credit to the people who did it before saying Mm -hmm. i've seen x y and z do this before yeah i want to put my perspective in Mm -hmm. how do you balance that like well i was going to say before like it's it's in our nature to as the viewer or or to have the audience control yeah. the narrative it's right. in our nature right because if you look when we were growing up there was britney and christina <laughs> yeah right totally we right. still do it yeah. <laughs> you know oh Britney's no 100 christina's in vegas now she's yeah. stealing her you know we had nsync and backstreet boys yeah. yeah were they were they intentionally made to compete no they totally. were they were made to sell records and yeah. make the record yeah. label money but in our minds as viewers we're like are you backstreet boys or in sync even like <laughs> bye, i bye, saw bye. when <laughs> like Nicki minaj posted that tweet the other day saying right. she was retiring everyone was like oh is it because of cardi b doing this is it because of so and so doing this yeah, like so it's, it's, it's people our, love to pit each yeah, other it's in our nature that's so. such an interesting perspective yeah, i didn't even we, think about no, when i came again, up with that going, go, going back to what we said before yeah. We only go with what we know, and that's what we grew up knowing. Right. Yeah. You know? So, so, how do we get past that? Like, let's pit everyone against each other yeah. and, like, let's inspire each other and credit yeah. each other. And Yeah, what I was going to say earlier when you started, like, you're, the, is it a competition? It shouldn't be a competition. There's room for everyone. I think people need to hear that to kind of light their ass, you know, to yeah. get, to get their, their career jump started. Like, man, I could do this, this, and that. But at the end of the day, you're waking your ass up yourself. Yeah. You're going to the restroom. You're picking up that camera. You're creating the, the content and editing your stuff. At the end of the day, the competition is not with others. It's with yourself. It's within yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's so cliche, but totally. that's that's what I was doing when I started. I started, you know, making content for myself, and then I was, you know, seeing other people do it. And there was no other boys, and then I had became friends with Manny, and we were like, oh, we were inspiring each other. Yeah. And then we we had done so many meet and greets together, and then I was like, okay, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And then we started doing it. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, no one else else is wearing a turban. No one else is Filipino and brown and plus size doing what I do right now that I've seen. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it worked in my favor because I really had my horse blinders on and I just ran with it. And that's how I managed. Well, and also I feel like to be, and both of you correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like to be successful on YouTube, you have to kind of fall into a category. Like we've met so many amazing people who... Like, if you do a balloon animal art, that's amazing and awesome, and you're going to find your audience, but you're, I don't know if that person would ever, like, win a streamy or be, like, put on a billboard 
paid for by YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like YouTube likes to have people kind of in categories of your gaming, your lifestyle, your beauty, your family vlogging, your whatever. But I think the key to succeeding within that niche is to have a why and to have a why that's different than mm-hmm. anyone else. Of Like you just said, mm-hmm. like, I was the only person wearing a turban. I was the only mm-hmm. person who was Filipino. For Sierra, it was like she was the only lifestyle girl that was midsize, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Like her first video that really took off was she did a video that was like a curvy lookbook mm-hmm. versus just like a standard lookbook. And all these people were like, oh my gosh, I've never seen someone with my body type like styling clothes and showing it in this format that's so accessible to me. And so I feel like that's what people love is like people having a why. I, I Well, the, the, the why could only go for so long because yeah. to the viewer, it gets a little bit redundant. Yeah. You know, if you have, let's say, if we talk about Rihanna's, you know, just an example, her first album, like SOS, you know, was yeah. like that kind of island girl, like beats, you know, Sean Paul. Right. But you see her transformation over there. She's done yeah. punk, she's done rock, she's done country. You know, yeah. she's done a little bit of everything and it's prolonged her career. So for me, I call it the hokey pokey. Yeah. So I stay within beauty and yep. then I put my right foot out. <laughs> Left foot in, left foot out, left foot in, and then I hokey pokey swing it all about whatever happens. See, we always call that pivoting, but I like hokey pokey way better. But but, but, but (laughs) pivoting is actually, to me, it's a rebrand almost. But doing a hokey pokey is coming back to to your core. So for me, as I was... When I was baking, it was the phenomenon of baking, and I was piling powder on my face in 2016 when the video started, like, 2015, 2016, and I had blown up, and I was, like, top top 10 viewed on um, Instagram that year in beauty, and then... Furthermore, I was like, okay, powdering and baking my face is, is, is going to go out of style. Everyone's going to yeah. bake. How do you progress yes. so that you, so that's why I like to call it pivoting because mm-hmm. then it's never a full rebrand. Right. It's making little tiny adjustments right. as you go. Right. So no one ever looks at you and is like, wow, this was mm-hmm. a total 360 right. from what you were doing. It's like, they don't, right. it's like a, like a frog in boiling water. Right. You just change it a little bit. <laughs> right. No one notices. Yeah. For, for, for me, I was like, okay, let me do makeup on other women. Let me yeah, do makeup yeah. on white women, on black women, on Asians, on my mom, on my yeah. friends. So people can just gain trust, not from just me doing it first person, but third yeah. person too. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the key is being open to change and also like being not like overly critical on yourself but looking at like where you can improve and where you can grow Mm -hmm. of like we used to or Sierra used to always sign off her videos with like love your curves because like we were talking to like a curvy audience but now we've changed it to love your body because everyone has a body Mm -hmm. and it's not just about being inclusive towards curvy people now it's being inclusive to everyone you know and women and you know thin women and plus size women and everyone in between and I, I think that's really important is that if you had never looked at those baking videos and been mm-hmm. like, okay, baking your face is not going to be the trend forever. Right. If you hadn't taken that step back and looked mm-hmm. at your content, you'd probably still be doing the same thing and, right. and, and not have branched out at all. Right. I think also go- going back to, to what, what you were saying, like, like being in your niche and staying in your lane, yeah. like to do a hokey pokey, like throw in a mukbang, throw in like a fashion video. <laughs> You're so cute. Cause, cause, I no, love it. No, yeah, but for me, like, like I was like, how can it, how can Patrick Starr be someone that's so credible? So yeah. I got PR, and then yeah. I was on the red carpet. But why is he on the red carpet? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm I'm doing it, bitch. Like yeah. I'm on the red carpet. I look <laughs> sickening. I'm on with other celebrities. Yeah. Like, you know, it's really yeah. cool, and I can gain these relationships. And totally. you know, 
have have them on my channel and i've yeah. had so many celebrities on my channel but in that case i've garnered more credibility yeah. more visibility for my channel yeah. and just more um global recognition for what i've done with my youtube beyond doing makeup on just myself so you have i feel like speaking of that mm -hmm. kind of become a celebrity outside of youtube mm -hmm. how has that transition been like for you from going to like i'm just someone who likes to do my makeup and i film it and put it on the internet to like i'm hanging out with kim kardashian it is it is so crazy because because i literally because you know at the end of the day when i look at myself in the mirror with no makeup looking yeah. like looking like a big old piece of dough <laughs> i literally look like a piece of dough like on really? uh, like just when i look at myself makeup off bald yeah. no turban no nothing and i'm like okay it really humbles me yeah you're like i'm the same person <laughs> but then i it like sometimes if I'm out eating or people are like, oh my God, I've never met a celebrity before. And I'm like, sweet chat, I'm not. I'm just, just we're eating the same. We're in line, just like you. Yeah. People, people like, I remember. Celebrities are just like us. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I'm not, I'm not like crazy, crazy. It's, yeah. it's just, it's just nice to see that for me, I don't look at it like I'm a celebrity. I see it for me in my community. Damn, like if someone in the LGBT community is getting recognized and being visible with someone like yeah. Kim Kardashian at dinner, then maybe someone after me can can yeah. have that and the whole community can be celebrated because with her global someone like her with her global visibility alone yeah. the community is, is winning and being celebrated than rather being shunned upon so which i think so go ahead no go ahead. you're totally good i was going to say i think that's so important because like i grew up seeing one type of beautiful i never saw someone who looked like me i never saw someone who looked like you and I think it's great knowing that like the next generation who's growing up now is seeing people like you be so visible mm -hmm. and how, so you have, I think been a really like inclusive, diverse voice in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. How has it been like for you kind of balancing, breaking down those beauty standards and beauty norms and also like not compromising who Patrick Starr is? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's another hokey pokey too for, for, for me. If I was to do something out of my element, I think people, I, I, I find something that's comfortable for my viewer with what yeah. they know. Yeah. And then I put a little bit of a twist or I add like, you know, it's kind of like tricking your kids to eat vegetables. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. Do you know what I mean? It, yes, it's literally, literally like that. what we do all the time. So you'll just kind of like put a little bit of yes. something new in there. That way it's they, they kind of gain that acquired taste. Oh my gosh. You know, for, for me, when I started my YouTube, I was wearing such big lashes, bottom lashes, white contacts. I was wearing yeah. dark cheeks and this. And then I realized, I was like, maybe if I become more attainable in beauty and wear smaller lashes, wear a little bit less yeah. makeup, then the, the female viewer could aspire to bake or and I would add a little bit of things that yeah. that they were familiar with okay we're gonna start with foundation a little bit of powder a little bit of bronzer a like just mascara today oh and it gosh. just became more palatable and digestible yeah. for the viewer that they could yeah. relate to you and they could see someone like you and be like oh I understand right and I I can relate and yeah for, for example my fashion I, yeah. I, I, I behind the scenes I don't really talk about my fashion a lot but for me I'll take a crazy fabric but I'll put a traditional silhouette on it yeah. so That's when so I'm on the red carpet people are like wow you look so 
I, I don't know what it is, but it's like I have a basic baby doll silhouette, but the fabric is just so ugly. Yeah. You know, I remember when I worked at the Lion King, everyone was asking if I looked if I was a costume designer, but everyone called me a, a Tide Pod. I look like yeah. a Tide Pod, but it was just the most <laughs> traditional off the shoulder yeah. circle skirt silhouette and you with just a turban. Add, add something a little bit different. Yeah, and that. that was just the the textile. That was just the pattern. Five dollars a yard downtown LA. It was so literally amazing. so cheap, but everyone and I threw on the turban and it looked like an entire look. So for me, whether it's someone that doesn't know who I am or that knows who I am, it's, it's digestible and palatable to the eye. I love that. We That's so interesting that you do that in beauty because I feel like we do that literally every video. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about it all the time. You have to because sometimes if you're too too far, 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 yeah. you, I, I mean, depending on what your end goal is to get yeah. mass recognition, you kind of have to be digestible in that sense. I mean, that's part of why we started the podcast is because we wanted to be able to talk about things like body positivity and inclusivity. And we try and do that a little bit in every video, but it's hard because I feel like when you title a video, like a body positive sit down chat, the people who are going to click on that, at least a good majority, are people who are already on that journey and are mm. looking for that content. Right. Sometimes the people who need that are like a dad in middle America. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, right. you know, like sometimes the person who needs that is someone who's like 70 plus years old right. and, you know, is just clicking on a random video recommended to them on YouTube. That looks that entertaining has, and has a fun thumbnail. And, yeah. and then they get a little bit of that body positive message in there in a way that's palatable for them. Yeah. It is so, like you said, like here, just yeah, take a little spoonful of vegetables. Yeah, but it's, 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 bit. For me, when I'm, when I'm literally out on the street and these like macho, macho guys can yeah. be like, hey, and I'm like, hi, like, my girlfriend loves your your work. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I was downtown LA and this guy was like, honk, honk, honk. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He's like, hey, my girl likes your stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, thank God. I was like, really, he's like, yo, can I get a picture? And I'm like, sure, let's take it. And it's just That's really, so really amazing. Cool. But it, sh it, it I, I kind of put that in my database, in my R&D, and I say, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna take that and continue what I'm doing because yeah. if I'm being conversational enough for someone to, to call their yeah. husband or their boyfriend to check my my stuff out, totally. then I'm doing something right. And if yeah. that that kind of guy probably wouldn't be watching or right. searching it if you were doing, you know, like you said, how you started with the more out there looks. Mm -hmm. But because it's a little bit, you know, it's more traditional with a little mm -hmm. bit of a spin. It's it's easier for them to look at someone like you and be like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. And I understand what you're doing with your makeup. Mm -hmm. And I understand what you're doing with your beauty and all of that in, in a way that they can understand. And then it's helping them to be more inclusive and accepting in their own life as well. Because mm -hmm. as, they're, as they're watching and digesting, like they're eating, as they're yeah. taking it in, they're like, I don't know what it is, but something's... Something's Draw, something something's clicking. Some, yeah. There's a familiar flavor that yeah. that I see, and that's just the again is the humility and the, and, and the diction that I have yeah. and the poise. It, it just comes with your channel. That's so amazing. Yeah. That's and so awesome that you're able to be that person yeah. who yeah. like is kind of an it's introduction. Hard, but but growing up as like a, a chubby gay kid. That's, that's, I was already doing that innately yeah. as a kid because I really couldn't make friends. But if I said, I can take your pictures, I can take, I can, you know, do your makeup, I can teach you piano, I can do this for you. It was kind of like, I can do something for you. And that was the little flavor because everyone's yeah. like, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. And then I'll take you too. Yeah. Also kind of talking about that, I'm sure you've told this story a million times, mm -hmm. but how did you get 
it like how did you first get into the youtube world because i feel like looking at you now mm -hmm. obviously you're an amazing makeup artist. Mm -hmm. You are like an amazing on-camera personality, but I feel like equal to that, you're an amazing business person. Thank like you. it seems like you've really built yourself like a wonderful team, a wonderful foundation. Like you are like starting to mentor people and like manage people. And it feels like you took this like raw passion mm -hmm. from an outsider's perspective for like, art and photography and makeup mm -hmm. and kind of transitioned it into being like the whole package right so how did you start on that journey well for me growing up i've always loved um how things were done and like you know that that show how things are made or yes. like i would watch behind the scenes on the you know extended dvds totally. on the pack like how theater is done and yeah. um i've always i've always been drawn to that but for me um I've always wanted to be credible. And, you know, my mom instilled, you know, being Filipino and being, you know, she was like, get a diploma, get something, so you have something to your name. And yeah. now it's a blue check. That's something to write, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but, but growing up, what was that verification that we could have? And so I've always aspired to be, like, you know, I would play dress up at home or I would pretend to be on American Idol or I would pretend to be an American <laughs> talent. But, you know, I, I would pretend to be on Disney Channel, you know? Like, we were all doing that as kids. But I think for me, as I started to grow my business and my YouTube, I was like, how can I be more credible? Like, treat yeah. people with be professional email professionally speak yeah. professionally um follow up be kind and i think those those feel good things create a, a better business for you at the end of the day yeah and for me how i got started i was doing i was a piano teacher i was um, awesome. a piano accompanist for theater and um, behind the scenes i um, so are you a theater person i am i'm, <gasps> I'm a broadway baby girl yes <laughs> I know so I know I know <laughs> once these are off we have to like like send me a piece I can sight read in three seconds oh my like, gosh uh, yeah a I was dream. yeah I was that's how I was making money so I was a piano accompanist and then I was working at Mac and I was working at Panera Bread. So you were hustling. Yeah, and like next to Panera, there was a bookstore, Barnes and Noble. So then I would just go there in the self help section and self improvement, and just read books on how to do makeup and hair, and also That's business so for cool. dummies. And I would just read like like books <laughs> on my break. And then so I think all of those things. Being a piano teacher, I learned how to teach people with an instrument. Mm -hmm. You know, and the instrument now is my makeup. Yeah. And then through Panera, I was teaching about customer service. And I would mm -hmm. listen to the customer in the beginning, and I would say, like, oh, the, the if they were really hungry, they would look above me, and they would be like, I want blah, 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 or I need. If they said I need, I'm like, I got to get this, this this girl's hungry. Yeah. Because <laughs> if they say need, it's a necessity. If, yeah. if they want to try something new, they're not that hungry, but they just want to tickle their taste buds. Yeah. yeah. So I learned how to differentiate need and want and customer service. And then through um, doing photography, videography, and teaching piano, all of it foreshadowed my career and what I'm doing yeah. now to gain a better business. Because, you know, being being a, a teacher to student, I learned how to, how to have that dialogue between me and a consumer yeah. and then furthermore and working in a band in, mm -hmm. in a you know a music band how to be a team player yeah and I think that's what helped me grow as a, a business entrepreneur isn't it so funny looking back I know I do this all the time and it sounds like both of you do too of looking back at all the little skills that you've acquired and all the little random jobs you've worked and things you've done and interests you've had and how they all circle back and like are so essential to who you are now or what you do now. Right. Oh yeah. Right. And and I think a lot of people who are working those jobs like how you started working at Panera or like I worked as like a summer camp counselor and you're working those jobs and you're like and you worked at Starbucks, you're working those jobs and you're like, "Oh, 
I just need to get out of here and do something that's really going to help me. And it's like, you can pick up skills on that job and right. learn stuff on your own that is going to prepare you so that when you get to that point where you have an opportunity, you really take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like it's kind of like an important humbling thing to start out in a job that you don't love. Yeah. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. you can be like, you know, no matter like the hardest, like 14 hour shoot day we have will never be as like mentally hard as it was for me, like working at the Starbucks right next to all of the studios in Hollywood where like the PAs would come in or like Justin Bieber would come in Mm -hmm. and then everyone would like freak out. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm so fulfilled. And so it's nice to be able to like look back and kind of like humble yourself a little bit of like, okay, cool. Like we're doing it like a 14 hour shoot, but like we're in LA, it's air conditioned. (laughs) We have craft service. (laughs) Like I feel like it's nice. To, to have that beginning to gain skills from it, but also to like put yourself in your place sometimes. Yeah. Right, like, no, for sure. Hey, I'm really lucky to be here. And like, it yeah. could be a lot worse. Like, like, if you're watching and you feel like you're having like the most shitty day, like you have a phone you're watching on, you have a computer you're yeah. watching on, you had a charger <laughs> totally. to plug your piece of technology. Not people yes. have phones or can afford smart devices or yeah. even have the time to have social media because they're busy working yeah, totally. three, four jobs. But for you, if you're sitting here on this podcast, be thankful that you have the time and the yeah. finances to pay your bill, get some Wi-Fi and watch us. <laughs> yeah. Like you just really have to think about where you're coming from, what you're doing and the skills that you you've acquired. Because that's what my mom has taught me. There's always gonna be someone that has it worse than you. Yeah. And I think for 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 me to to give back or just put more of that vibe and energy out there it really helps me move on in a good space totally yeah how has it been for you being in like the depths of the beauty industry yeah because i feel like we're kind of like like on the outskirts outskirts of like we'll still go to beauty events because Mm -hmm. we're like in fashion and Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's kind of that's your hokey pokey yeah (laughs) like it's lumped in but like we aren't doing like serious makeup tutorials we aren't you know like we're not doing necessarily like makeup sponsorships mm-hmm. that regularly mm-hmm. so how's it been for you like being in the beauty industry uh, on, on what degree what aspect of it do you have any like interesting stories about <laughs> from a business plan from a drama standpoint from I, like what do you guys let's say from an influencer standpoint and, okay. and, and being like a, a unique voice in the industry mm-hmm. have you ever had any experiences especially like when you were up and coming that changed the way that you think about what we see on our screens when we're watching these influencers or these celebrities and that change the way that you think about it. Mm. Also, like, mm. sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, we're trying to, like, get the tea because, like, we want to, like, hear your experience, but Mm. also don't feel like you have to, like, say names or, Mm. like, we're trying to get any, like, drama. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, I love it. From an influencer business standpoint, what was an aha moment for me was early on there there was one brand that was sponsoring two of my friends. Okay. And so one was was sponsored one post for one rate. Yeah. The other influencer was sponsored commission, commission based. Mm. Okay. So same same exact brand, same promotion, and I studied the two at the time, yeah. and I was like, oh, I wonder who's gonna make more money, and you know, but uh, so then the 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 one influencer did the deal, made made that money, mm-hmm. cashed out. The other influencer continued to promote the brand authentically, 
um, post after post. Here's my code. Here's my kit. You know, here's my um, here's your discount. And then, of course, yeah. you know, in turn, get commission. And that's that's how you know we live. And because you know, there's an there's an incentive for both the consumer and also the influencer. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, you know, this other influencer that was doing commission based was making. 10 20 times more than the one post that my other friend had done and made a lot of money but that showed me that you have to build a beautiful relationship and long-term relationship with your viewer because they are the consumer because i call this the holy trinity of beauty there's you there's the brand and then there's the consumer and they have to work in tandem to create the holy ghost and the holy spirit to make (laughs) to make make the banks come alive girl you know (laughs) can i get an amen Amen, (laughs) but but then you but then if, if you break the holy trinity then and then you become an isosceles triangle and it's yeah. just like the brand becomes the voice or then you become the voice or then the consumer becomes the voice and then it gets out of control but you have to have this balance so for me it's it's public record out there that I've partnered with Benefit for so many years okay. I'm one of their longest partners ever influencer yeah. wise but I've but organically I've loved I've honestly loved the brand thank yeah, you by the way that's so awesome thank you and it's it's crazy because you know I was in the I was in the midst of becoming this budding influencer and then it just became so big and I've yeah. just exclusively announced their concealer launch by myself Congratulations. with them so it's really really cool but another story too that that is just really really crazy I was invited on a trip mm-hmm. and then um, I didn't have a passport so I lied to Benefit that I had a passport, but then my manager was like, I need your passport. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, I'll have my, it was a Wednesday and the trip wasn't the next Wednesday. So I, I was like, when's, when's my passport? So then she's like, we need your passport, Patrick, today. And it was Wednesday and I was like, oh my God, the, the brand's gonna cancel me, this and that. So I had, I had called the embassy to expedite a passport and they're like, when are you traveling? And they, I was like, Wednesday. Yeah. And they're like, come on Tuesday. And I was like, so I was like, what can I tell them? What can I tell them? God gave me a light bulb that day because I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a fake. T- I'm going to buy a real ticket to the Bahamas on Saturday. So I drove to Atlanta all day on Thursday. I bought a real ticket to the Bahamas, a one-way ticket to the Bahamas for Saturday. So then when I went to the embassy from Orlando, I drove up to At- Atlanta, from Orlando to Atlanta, eight-hour drive. And I was shaking because it was like Friday. I drove all day Thursday, went 5, 6 a.m. to the embassy to Atlanta. And I had prayed and I was like, this, God, if this is meant to be, this is going to change my life. And this is my first trip with Benefit. So I was at the embassy like shaking like this. I was like, here's my proof of travel. I'm traveling tomorrow. And I I technically was because I bought bought a ticket for Saturday. So then as soon as I got my passport, 7 a.m., I got the stamp on in my passport, and then I sent this picture like this to my manager, and that little picture changed my. And Benefit knows this. I, I, I spoke to them, and I sent them my passport, and that was my first trip with Benefit back in 2014 to the Bahamas. That and I was the awesome. I was the smallest influencer on that trip. Wow. I was the only boy, and I was the smallest influencer on that trip, and it changed my life. How big was your channel at the time? Oh, not not even not maybe like a hundred. Wow. Yeah, a hundred or so. That's yeah. crazy. So, crazy. so you yeah. really felt like this trip was your gonna. I think we've all had a couple of those moments where it's like, this changes this everything. That was your moment. moment. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I thought my car was not gonna last from like Orlando to there. It, it was just so crazy. Oh and then as soon gosh. as I, I went to the benefit trip 
things started happening. I had landed the competition in the Face Awards. I, I made it to the top six. If you wow. were in the top six, thank you. Wait, if you made it to the top six, you got ten thousand dollars. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna move to LA <laughs> with my ten thousand. It, it's not a lot of. It will not get you yeah. a lot here in LA. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna get 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 that prize money, and I'm gonna go. I went to LA right after that. I had landed my my campaign for nail polish with Formula X and Sephora. I was the first boy in Sephora with a campaign with nails. That's so awesome! And it was just it was just so it was such so many blessings after blessings. Yeah. But I had learned the the work ethic of being a freelancer, a freelance makeup artist, yeah. being a piano teacher, working really freaking late. I would edit mm -hmm. videos until like four or five a.m. My dad would get upset at me because I would be at home on the computer till like seven a.m. Yeah. And he would be coming down and he'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm working. Like a little like, master, you know, like working. And then uploading at 8 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was just such a crazy, you know, journey. And I think those moments of like hustle and then finally feeling that little bit of payoff, like, oh my gosh, I made it. Those are the things that like fuel us until we get that next I'm here, mm -hmm. I did something really, really amazing moment. Mm -hmm. And But I do think it's hard to balance, to have that work-life balance, mm -hmm. especially when you're a freelancer, because mm -hmm. I all the time find myself being like, I have to work hard. I have to, no one is gonna make things happen mm -hmm. for me. I have to do this. But at the end of the day, like, you can, you can work hard and you can push yourself, but you can still take time mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, for sure, balance. Even even for have, having followed Jen Atkin, the founder of Way, yeah. she had a full-on breakdown. She was public about it on her story. Oh, wow. And she had to take time for herself. And I think in this day and age when you're running not just your business, but your studio, your office, your yeah. social media, your network, she has a husband. She's married. And she, you know, you really have to to take, take a break. But for me, I'm, I'm able to shift really easily when I have my makeup on and turban on yeah. and when it's off. And I, I know how to act and I know when to kind of like involve Patrick at, you know, an emotional level and when yeah. to involve Patrick Star. Totally. You know, even I will say dating is really hard too because a lot of oh, people yeah. for me, I mean y'all, y'all, y'all are very lucky, <laughs> very blessed, but I'm so jealous. But for me, like but 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 for me it's another a whole other episode and a whole other topic for me to be a gay man, be a public figure and also be feminine, but not, but like gay. So that's like a whole other thing because when I like meet guys, it's like they think that they're meeting Patrick Starr. Like you're not yeah. gonna get this. this they're comes, meeting Patrick, they're, they're, not they're Patrick Starr. Yeah, yeah, I want them to meet Patrick, but then they say, "What's your Instagram?" And I'm like, "Patrick Starr," and they see the four million, and then they see me with Kim Kardashian on my last post. It's like, holy, sh you know, like yeah. it's that's not my life. You're, you're, you're not you gonna, just want to be gonna, a real person. Yeah, yeah that's that's really Wait, hard. Oh my gosh, can we talk about that? Because mm -hmm. I think that's so interesting. <laughs> Girl, I said this is another episode. It's, it's just gonna be really hard. Yeah, it's hard. Because I think, like, we were talking right before we started filming. Of, mm -hmm. I think that part of the awesome part about this podcast and like mm -hmm. starting to have guests on and guests of like different backgrounds than us and different like in different stages of lives. And I mean, you're in LA. Mm -hmm dating mm -hmm. and like trying to navigate the whole like the do you do you want someone who's completely not an influencer like how do you navigate like people understanding your job but like not trying to like, get clout from you that is so hard <laughs> that that, that, the, no that that is hard yeah. it's hard first of all the the other the other hot topic that i wanted to bring up is like every influencer thinks they have to move to la to make it yeah, mm -hmm. that isn't every time b b because you know I do manage these these yeah. younger influencers. Like I have to move to LA. It's not happening for me. There's so many events. 
why don't you open up a Snapchat account and a Twitter and grow your social media? Because yeah. yeah. I didn't move to LA until I was like 800,000. These yeah. kids are worry, worried about moving to LA without even a YouTube or a very, wow. very small YouTube channel now. But it's not yeah. practical and it's not sustainable financially for you to have moved to LA where rent is thousands of dollars. I was living in a 600 square foot studio for $2,000 a month. Yeah, jeez. And I'm a big girl. I was filming in my kitchen. <laughs> I was literally filming in my kitchen, and, and uh, it's really, really hard. Kyle and I just moved down to San Diego in January. Mm-hmm. I guess that's over like half a year ago now. Wow, mm-hmm. that's so crazy. It was like yesterday. Anyways, but we lived in North Hollywood for the last like four years, yeah. and he lived there even longer than I did. And so it's the same thing of like there, LA is such a different place. And I will say that like there are certain perks of being in LA mm-hmm. if you want to be in entertainment. Like mm-hmm. this is kind of where it's happening. And that, but now you want to start a family and grow oh, your family. It will, and even like for us working, it's so nice. Like today we just drove up from San Diego. It took us like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So easy. So I, worth it. You I know? cannot tell you the first question that most people ask me who are also in the industry is like, oh, you live in San Diego? When are you moving into LA? It's not, are you going to? Are you thinking about it? It's when. Mm-hmm. Because I think there is this idea of like, if you come to LA, you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I think you can make it from anywhere. And that's the cool thing about YouTube right. is like, you can do you it from anywhere. You literally can because you know what's yeah. so funny? It's like, for me, having come from Orlando, Florida, I was like, yeah. specifically to beauty, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I need to move to LA. I need to move to LA. But I was like, hold up, hold up. Jacqueline Hill's from Florida. Yeah. Promise Fawn is from Florida. Michelle mm-hmm. Fawn is from Florida. Yeah. Nicole Guerrero's from Florida. And so is Patrick Stop. So. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, is that YouTube can, can be consumed anywhere. Yeah. Like, we talk all the time about, like, so many people watch, like, her videos on their phones. Mm-hmm. Like, on their but way I to work, playing I in the background, specific, or, you know? I think it's specific to people that are um, more popular on their Instagram, and they want to have more. I think that's where they're coming from, is, is because when they have stories, and they want to yeah. post their events, and they want to go somewhere, they're not sense. really producing as much YouTube content, but yeah. daily content, which is what they're trying to aspire to yeah. to, 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 to commit to yeah. content wise is going to events going to this going yeah. to that from a social standpoint and well, Instagram is, is and heavy I also and- will say for a long time I felt like I had to go to these fashion and beauty and makeup events because it like validated me like if I'm invited of course I have to go mm-hmm. and I think it took me a long time to realize like you don't have to go to everything. And like also you're not getting paid to go to the yeah, most of the time. Like, it's just like a networking when fun I tell you thing. It is so expensive. When I when I t- oh my god, my assistant here will just slap me across the face because I buy clothes <laughs> every even for the airport. You know, yeah. if I get like airport content or yeah, totally. or lookbooks, it's so expensive because I'm like, I gotta buy all these different tops. So I can at least have a different look. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, and I can't even imagine these fashion bloggers. Like I was at Fashion Week last week and I'm like, how do these girls sustain with all this expensive fashion and look nice? And I'm over here in my $3 yard fabric on my head. Like. That's the main reason I've never been to like Fashion Week or any of those things. The only way I would go is if I was invited by a brand Mm -hmm. because that would probably cost me after travel, outfits, everything, I'd probably be like 10 grand. Yeah. And it's like. I could invest. I could invest ten grand into my channel mm-hmm. in such a better way. Mm-hmm. I could do like think about the amazing video I could do with ten grand, mm-hmm. or like I could get new equipment, mm-hmm. or I could you know rent out a studio set or something mm-hmm. like that. And it, you know some people go to those events and go to places like Fashion Week and they really 
really it, it the investment pays off because they meet people or they mm-hmm. make these connections but for me I'm like I think because I'm not at that point where I'm like I'm not going to get invited to all these big shows. Right. I'm just not. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. So for me going, yeah, maybe that would validate me a little bit. I'd be able to post, look at me, I'm at Fashion mm-hmm. Week. But it's not going to be right. the worthwhile investment of my channel. Yeah, I think overall, if, if you're wanting to make a big move or put in a lot of money, whether it's $1,000 or $10,000, yeah. you have to imagine like the end goal. Because I was speaking to a marketing executive and I said, how do you look at marketing dollars? Do you guys look for visibility? She says two, two, two things. You either get a return of investment mm-hmm. or you get the visibility. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I always wondered what brands got out of sponsoring like prank channels yeah <laughs> right but they get visibility because they yeah. get millions of views but if you partner with someone me like me i'll send you millions them. of units yeah. yeah you know worth of things so for okay. for me i think with any move that you make for me at fashion week i went because i knew someone that was an executive there right. there was a youtube uh, event and there was obviously kkw's event yeah. so there and was like an paying off yeah there you. was an yeah. end goal as far as content and relationships for me me to do those things in a genuine authentic way and right. you really have to yeah. take a step back and see if these decisions are worthwhile yeah. long term how was fashion week for, for you because i feel like just looking at your instagram mm-hmm. like you had the craziest most beautiful looks oh, first you. and foremost yeah i feel like you were constantly posting like at the coolest shows mm-hmm. like is it like truly as glamorous as it seems. It tell is, us, tell it, us when, peasants. Oh is it gosh. everything it seems to be? <laughs> it, when, when, I, when I tell you, it happens so fast. Like you're like, did I just get ready for four hours for like <gasps> 10 minutes? Literally, yeah. you get there. The photographers are crazy. It just snap, 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 snap. And then it just like you watch these 50 models walk down a runway and it's done. And, and, it, it. and then on to the next show or back to the hotel to change your outfit. It's such yeah. it's such a frenzy. Like I get oh so, so, so glammed up yeah. for such a little thing. And then I feel like the yeah. outfit was just seen for like not even an hour. That's you know, so whereas crazy. like, you know, I, I was watching your get ready, you know, for BeautyCon, like your fittings yeah. and your makeup and, yeah. you know, everything. And it was just like. Oh my god! But you had like the whole day to wear it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Whereas like, oh my god, I had this beautiful outfit. It was custom made, and I gotta take it off. Yeah. You know, I was just That's like, so damn, crazy. yeah. Oh my it's, god. Yeah, it, ha- it happened so fast. But what's the prep work like for that? Like, do you? Because I know you talked about like making some of your own mm-hmm. clothes and like mm-hmm. being a designer. Mm-hmm. So do you have to like hire multiple stylists and mm-hmm. have like? So many assistants and so many people like helping. Oh my gosh, it's crazy! It's it's really like I crazy. Feel like just, just the logistics pre- of I, that is no. Insane. Literally, for for my calendar, I have events planned until December. So I, I I pinpoint where it's kind of like a madman with 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 a yes. push pin and and the map like where do we're I get very what outfits? we're the same yeah <laughs> like where can I flex extra dollars for this outfit for that you know yeah. and stuff like that but. It's That's crazy. So crazy. Yeah. I know. I was, we were looking because I was like, okay, so like we're shooting on Monday. And I was like, he's with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. like, like two days ago. And then Fashion Week. And then <laughs> I was like, is this happening? Because mm-hmm. I feel like you're very busy. No, I love it. I love it. I'm so it. happy. I know. I feel like we're the same way though, where we map out so far in advance. We were just talking in the car about how like, we know exactly what days we're working at least two months in advance. Yeah. Always. And that's why I admire you so much because oh, I you. really admire people who not only are doing important things in the industry, but also have that business side on the back end. It's work at the end of the day. As yeah, much yeah. fun as it seems, it's work. You clock in, yes. you clock out. When you clock into work, you know, let's 
say it's, it's Panera. How many sandwiches are we making today? How many salads are we making yeah. today? How many coffees are we selling today? Make sure the bathrooms are clean, X, Y, and Z. How many totally. bread rolls are we making today? How many soups? So I have to think how many outfits, how many turmas are we yeah. gonna make? How many lashes do I need to buy? How, like how many nails do I have on my hand left? You know, so I'm yeah. literally looking at everything. So. Right, well, and it's hard because I feel like both of you guys go through this of you're like Patrick Star, but you also work for Patrick Star. <laughs> like you're Sierra Schultz, but you work for Sierra Schultz. Like, I always I think- make jokes because like, there's Sierra Schultz incorporated the business mm-hmm. and then there's Sierra the person. And so like when I'm on a family vacation and everyone's like, oh yeah, I asked my boss for Monday off. I'm like, yeah, my boss is such a bitch. Like she never gives me time <laughs> off. Like homegirl expects me to be working on vacation. But it's true because you're Patrick, but you work mm-hmm. for Patrick Stark. Mm-hmm. I would call every day off, but the guy behind the camera is like, no, you have to. <laughs> <You know. laughs> well, well, and it's hard because I feel like balancing that line is such a difficult thing, especially when being an on-camera personality, like you have to be fed, you have to be hydrated, like mm-hmm. you have to like have your nails done, do all this mm-hmm. stuff that kind of seems like it's self-care, but at the end of the day, like your talent. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard when you're also like producing well, you're also and CEO like and yeah. has a dog and Bob. And then I'm yeah. tracking my emails and I'm having to approve things for my taxes. And then mm-hmm. I'm having to like and and when you're not just the on-camera personality, you're also the CEO. Mm-hmm. You have to have your hand in everything. And I think for a while I thought okay, if I get to this point of success where I can have an assistant and have a tax person Mm -hmm. and have a financial manager, then, oh my gosh, my life will be so much easier because it'll be off my plate. But you know what? You're learning every aspect of it too, which makes you such a smarter CEO. Because for me, when I was working at Panera and this dishwasher boy was working with me at the time, I had left and done Mac and done YouTube. And when I came back to visit, he was now the GM Aww. of that store. But I, it ma- that. I was like, why and how? And then I studied it and I was like, okay, he was washing dishes. He was fixing the oven. He was fixing the, the, the dishwashing machine. Yeah. He, was, he was scrubbing the toilets. He, he was learned making, everything. He learned everything. And I was like, oh. Of course he's a manager because if something goes wrong, he, he knows, knows yeah. how to do that. And yeah. I said, for me, I was my own fake manager when I started. I did that too. I made yes. a fake email. Yeah, <laughs> I had a deep voice and her everything. Name, her name was Celia. Yes. I'd be my, like, hello, you, this is Celia. You guys were both editors. Yeah, you're you your did own editor, your, your own PR, your own you assistant. You were scheduling like videographers and photographers. and. Yeah, but for me at the end of the day, I think it, it just helps that, you know, I'm able to, you know, direct and and because it's your name at the end of the day but you're also able to construct your career at you know with your own voice and being that like like you said like i know how to edit i know how to like itemize all of my expenses on my taxes Mm -hmm. it's then easier for me to like communicate with the people who are doing those things now Mm -hmm. where like i can talk to my editor and be like hey can you do this effect because like Mm -hmm. i know how to do it and it sucked Mm -hmm. staying up till 4 a.m editing Mm -hmm. but now i feel like i'm better for it Mm -hmm. okay well i feel like that's a good place to end it yeah, it <laughs> was so, so fun. Great. It was so great talking to you. Yeah. Uh, thank I feel you. like I could just talk to you for hours and hours. I know. Uh, thank you. Well, now we are officially friends. I know. You guys, Woo-hoo! there's proof of it. And <laughs> any questions that you guys have oh, and anything, you. my door is open. My phone is open to both of you. And thank you. All these amazing sweet. girls are so awesome. Oh gosh, great fall. energy. <laughs> it's just like for any of my viewers, you guys are just so badass. And oh. hopefully, better things will come out of this. And you know, event-wise. And um, yeah, I'm. I'm 
so honored to have met you both. Thank you. Oh and thank gosh. you for everything that you're doing in the industry and oh, yeah. for everything that you're doing on and offline. You're just a wonderful person. So oh, thank, thank you. you so much. And thank you guys for watching. We will see you next time with another new episode. Mm -hmm. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts mm -hmm. and subscribe to the channel. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.